Welcome to Gracefield Grit. I'm your host, Lana Stinner, and we are chatting all about growing your faith, family, and the backyard farm. Here at the Gracefield Homestead, we are having honest, hard, and authentic conversations with some amazing guests about getting back to the basics and what's important in life. We are not for everyone, and we don't clean up our conversations, so you will get the unedited chat. Each episode, you can expect practical tips and encouragement. I am so honored to have you join us today. So grab a cup of coffee and let's do this thing. Hey friend, welcome back to Grace Filled Grit. This is podcast episode 125. And today we are talking about how to keep the predators out of the chicken coop. You know me, and I'm going to try my dang hardest to stay on topic with the chickens and not break out into all the life applications and how we have an enemy that would love to break in and bring destruction in our lives. Goodness, I know, I have issues. So we are going to stay focused today, and I'm going to give you the top nine things to do that actually have worked to keep our hens safe. So... If I can't behave and control myself, I will save my life applications to the last minute or two at the end of the show. So is that a deal for you? We have had chickens for over 15 years now, and it used to be fairly rare, but raising chickens has become so common now in our society. I absolutely just love it. So to keep up with the trends, many neighborhood homeowners associations are even lifting their bans on backyard chickens, which is, it's about dang time. So downtown in the urban areas, we're seeing chicken coops all over the place. It's so beautiful. We all love the idea of getting back to the basics and having those yummy, fresh, organic eggs every morning. Chickens are affordable. They take up a minimal amount of space and only take a little bit of time. There are so many positives to raising chickens, but today we're going to focus on one of the only negatives, dealing with the predators. So let's dive in. So as of this recording, we are deep in the summer months, and this is what we call predator season at the Gracefield Homestead. Of course, in the sub-zero months of winter, we may have a few issues here and there, but contrary to popular belief, it's in July and August that we used to lose over half of our flock and one year, the entire flock at this time. So as you already know, depending on where you live, you will have different predators, obviously. And, you know, a side note on that, I'm so used to saying different parts of the country, but I really need to start saying different parts of the world. We have so many listeners across the continents, Hong Kong, Switzerland, South Africa, Italy, and even Israel. How amazing is that? So welcome, if that's you listening from outside of the United States. So here in America, we are in the Midwest planting zone 6B. My chicken coop predators are mainly going to be raccoons, coyotes, fox, and snakes. Many homesteaders that are just south of us, not very far from us, have a lot of hawks and possums as their main predators. So anywhere you go, the predator will be different, but most of the time, the solutions will be the same. It is seriously one of the saddest things you can experience as chicken owners when you are watching your hens be snatched by a fox right in front of you 
or finding a pile of feathers from an overnight coyote attack. We've seen it all over here. And again, just this week, I looked out back from my kitchen window at the goats who have long droopy ears, and I saw one standing there in the middle with tall pointed triangle ears. It was a coyote heading over to the coop. So, so frustrating. Of course, I come sprinting across the yard and through the gate, and he really wasn't scared of me until I was right up on him. And then she ran, jumped the back fence, and was gone. Sadly, losing a chicken comes with the territory of raising them, but there are many things that we can do to protect our flocks. So to free range or not, predators are going to play a main factor in answering that question. Chickens will naturally want to find shelter at night and go inside. It's instinctive for them. So a little bit of history here on our property. We used to free range all the time. They had a coop set up and they could wander in at night if they wanted. And most of the time they did. It was open all of the time and kind of a free-for-all. We lost every single chicken that ended either in a pile of feathers or a bloody massacre mess. I love the idea of free-ranging for the health benefits and, you know, mainly for the freedom of the birds, but I'm just going to be honest with you, they will not survive. At least in our neck of the woods over here, they're just not going to last. The years following that, we tried and succeeded at several different hybrid, semi-free-range type of methods, including a transportable coop tractor. All of the things we planned and did, they worked pretty well, definitely better than free-ranging. Every farm will be unique and come up with their own best plan. So here are just a few ideas of what has worked well for us. So number one... First, you need to figure out your coop location. It is a good idea to build a coop relatively close to your home or in a highly trafficked area of the yard to deter unwanted predators. Building a coop away from large plants and lots of foliage that can shelter the predators will also help keep a backyard flock safe. We had predators climbing a tree that was next to our coop to drop down into the pen run. They are so, so smart. And at one point, we moved our small coop tractor under the mulberry tree so the chickens could get some shade in the, in the heat of the summer. And we also wanted them to enjoy the berries. But you do need to be careful in your area if they are known for predators that are dropping down from trees. So if you need to trim back some branches, that could help as well. So number two is secure fencing. You will want to install a sturdy fence around your coop and property using materials such as hardware cloth, chicken wire, or farm fencing. And I'll be honest with you, we're not huge fans of chicken wire over here. Funny enough, we love the hardware cloth or just the standard farm fencing. But you'll want to bury that fencing beneath the coop's flooring, even up to a foot deep to keep those burrowing predators like the raccoons and foxes out. It prevents them from tunneling into the coop from below. And we've had that happen before. And a lot of people will raise their coop floor up and not just have it dirt 
Uh, of course, it's easier if you just have a dirt floor. Um, but if you have a wooden layer there, something can't can't dig through from the outside and come up. So that's an additional tip there for you. So many successful chicken owners will add a hot wire or electric shock system to the top of their fence to deter the climbing predators. And that could be a helpful solution for you as well. We do not do that, but I do have several friends that um, swear by that method. So that's another good thing to think about. Number three is locking down your birds in the coop every night. And I will say of all of these, this is probably the number one thing I would suggest. I don't know why I put it here in the middle and not at the top. So I have mentioned the bold predators that show up during the day. You may have seen on social media two or three years ago, the eight foot snake that was eating our eggs in broad daylight that my husband caught or the coyote that actually carried off a hen right in front of me. That happened several years back while I was out doing chores only a couple of feet away. But I will say most predator attacks happen at night. So even if you're free ranging during the day, I do suggest a bedtime inside overnight. So Every single entrance, ventilation, or window has multiple locks and systems to keep the predators out at our place, especially those little raccoons. Their fingers, they're so different than some of the other predators because their little fingers are amazing and they can unlock unlock the doors get rid of a clasp, rip it off actually. So you do really need to be creative if you have raccoons in your area. So for an example, our pen door, it has the normal latch like most, um, but we also, every single time we close it, we wrap a wire twist tie, like the heavy duty kind, like the inch thick, um, through the fence and through the door to make it more secure. And then we also add a huge cement block at the bottom of the door. So if they get through everything else, it'll be too heavy for them to actually open it. Our walkway, the normal door that we walk through that's tall enough for me or CJ to actually get through, of course it closes like a normal door would. It has a lock, but we also put a shovel under the handle to leverage it shut as well. It's really ridiculous that if I skip one of those three security methods on that walkthrough door, it will be a slaughterhouse in the morning. It's just nuts. Same goes for windows and roofing. Any way that they can get in, make sure it's secure while leaving some ventilation and mesh for airflow. So you have to get really creative with it. So number four, these are worth their weight in gold and it is automatic little, the tiny chicken doors that only the chickens go through, not the walkthrough doors. So I mentioned that the chickens like to come in at dusk on their own naturally. So a small automatic door for the birds that will close and latch securing them on a timer or a light sensor. These are just amazing. They are built very tough and strong And although we go out to check on everything in the evenings, it will lock them up without you physically doing anything. The timer, you can either set it for a certain time or you might have a light sensor on yours that will allow the door 
to open again in the morning if it senses that light for your chickens to come out and play. So it is a beautiful addition to a coop. And you know me, I'm cheap and I hate to waste money, but this purchase is worth it. There are so, so many options at the farm stores or on Amazon. Uh, You have a lot to choose from there, including solar, timers, electric, so on. So most are in the price range of around 100. They used to be about 75. I'm sounding like my parents, mom and dad, if you're listening. Um, They used to be so much cheaper. And all of a sudden, in the last couple of years, they jumped up in price. So you can get them anywhere from around 100 to maybe $150. But it is well, well worth it. Number five is proper lighting. We have installed a motion activated light around the coop area to deter the night predators. Sudden bright lights can startle and scare away those potential threats. And just a side note, I also like it because we've had, you know, a night out or we don't get home until after dark and we always check on the chickens. But this way, I don't have to grab a flashlight to go check on them. The light automatically comes on when I walk back. So it's kind of a dual purpose of scaring the predators away and also helping me see things. So I really love that idea. Uh, Number six is keeping the food storage and the feeders outside of the coop. So sorry, kiddos, no snacks after we go to bed. It is just one more thing that may keep the mean little weasel, weasels are bad too, from sneaking inside to eat. So number seven, overhead netting. Now this is one, this is the only one on the list that we have not actually done. We do not have issues with hawks for some strange reason around here. And it could just be our property. I don't know. Um, But so many of my friends, that's their number one predator. So I did want to mention it here because chances are wherever you are across the country or across the world, you may have hawks or other large birds that could be grabbing your hen from the pen. So they will install overhead protection from sometimes it's just a lightweight netting to a complete mesh or chicken wire And some of them just decide to go all out and completely install a roof over their entire outside area. So do what works for you. Chances are you're not going to be like us and you will have a bird problem. So that overhead netting of the outdoor area is uh, very beneficial. So number eight is livestock guardians. So these are other animals that will patrol and scare the predators off. Most of the time, these are dogs. A lot of them are Great Pyrenees. Those are the big, white, fluffy ones. And that is the main breed that is used as a livestock guardian. There are others, but that's the main one. Although we do have a Great Pyrenees mix, our dogs are not considered guardians. They're just little teddy bears. Um, But they have actually killed one of our birds when they were trying to play with them. That was tough. Um, So the breeds are really, really expensive. Most of the time, if you get a full bred one, they're going to be over $1,000. Not always, but most of the time, depending on where you're at. But they are absolutely amazing if they're full bred. And more importantly than that is if they're trained to do the right work. So I have a friend that actually uses her donkey as a livestock guardian. So that's another option. Super cute. Um, But my absolute favorite 
the cheapest and the easiest that doesn't require any training is a goose. We only have one and she is absolutely obnoxiously loud. (laughs) If there is a predator, uh, she's just, she's obnoxious and she's very mean to them and they, they get scared off, including my little grandbaby toddler. Um, so you have some great options with the livestock guardians. Number nine, this last one is the hardest and my least favorite yet probably the most effective it's traps. Uh, we only do this for a couple of weeks out of the year as necessary. And please, please don't send me messages on this. I know I'm going to get some hate. Farm life is tough and we're going to protect our little diva hens that give us two dozen eggs a day. That's all there is to it. So this lifestyle isn't for everybody, but it sure is rewarding if you can handle these kind of tough topics like trapping a predator. Um, and I, I'm thinking that if you're in a neighborhood, you might not need to do this type of thing, but if you're out, this is really a good option for, for you. Our traps are live traps, which now doesn't always mean that the predator gets to stay alive. Uh, We did try that when we started out. However, we found that if you drop a raccoon off in the woods, five miles away, they can still make it back to their family on your property. So we no longer do that. For years, we used the cages and we put cat food inside as the bait um, and the door would slam shut as soon as they get inside there and they eat. Now we use the hand traps. So in the last two weeks alone, CJ has caught eight raccoons And last year, by this time, we had caught 11, all in just a short amount of one week to two week timeframe. It's usually raccoons that we struggle with at night. But once we get them under control, usually by mid-August, we don't have to deal with them again and we don't set traps the rest of the year. And you do, side note, want to be very careful um, if you have other animals around there. So in our live traps, we have caught a kitty, a kitty cat before and one of our baby goats. So it's a good thing they're all live traps because we can just let them back out. So it is a little bit of a process where now if we're setting a trap, we do it inside the coop pen. So none of the goats can get to it. The cats can still sneak through there if they want to. Um, And we only set it at late at night. And then by the morning, we unhook them and put them away so no one else gets caught in the chickens. You don't want the chickens to get caught in them either. So it is kind of a pain in the rear, but it's only for like a two-week time frame for us. And it does does the job. So not fun to talk about, but it's definitely helpful to do. So those are the main ways to keep the predators from wreaking havoc on your flock. So look at me staying on topic with the birds. It is so easy to see the similarities in our faith life. In John 10, 10, Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. Just like with the chickens, we need to know our enemy and how to combat it. He is smart, knows how to get to us. So as women, so often he will isolate, pull us off by ourselves, and use our beautiful God-given emotions against us to rile us up against someone. So 
I will leave you with this verse. I think it's for someone, and I sure as heck know it's for me. It's Ephesians 6, 12, and it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I love this verse and need to remember it every single day. It reminds us believers that the ultimate fight is not against other people or physical entities, but against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It encourages us believers to put on that whole armor of God and resist the schemes of the enemy. So enough of that. I hope you found this helpful, and I wish you the best of luck with your flock this year. Fall chick days are coming up, and they are my absolute favorite time of the year to get baby chicks. They are healthier, they start laying in the spring, and they are the way to go. We have a freebie to thank you for your support and for sticking with us to the end today. I know this one's a longer one. So it's a training on how to get started raising chickens from the breeds, how to pick the right one to the supplies and more. So cheers to simple video trainings. I'll add the link to that freebie gift below in the show notes. Thank you for joining us today in this episode of Gracefield Grit. I know that your time is valuable and I truly appreciate you being here. I hope it was helpful and that you'll share it with a friend. In order to schedule amazing guests on our show, we could use some good reviews. So if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be honored if you could head over to the podcast app on your phone, tap the album art for the Gracefield Grit podcast, scroll down to the bottom of the page and write a review. I'm looking forward to our next episode and I hope you'll join us again. Blessings to you today, friend, as you live out your own grace-filled grit.